0: She'll go for goal Be deflected Heywood here Could be a lovely goal for Johnson It is Johnson. That was Back to Johnson It could be nine Open the body Into the net Superb goal From Melissa Johnson Corner steps up And finds the corner She gets the goal They Arrived as Aztecs, an Aston Villa women podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Hello and welcome back to They Arrived as Aztecs, a podcast all about Aston Villa women by underagaslitlamp.com. Now, it's been a while since we've recorded one of these, but as you can imagine, there's often a need to wait enough uh, for enough to talk about in regards to transfers, games and more in the women's game. But in this episode, we've got a bit of everything to wade through. I'm Regan, and you can find me on Twitter at FineFoy, and I'm joined today by Georgia.
1: Thanks, Regan. Yeah, it's really good to be back and kick off another season in the Women's Super League. So I'm looking forward to getting into it.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, you know, after an exciting final day of last season, which obviously saw Super League survival achieved for Aston Villa women after a goalless draw against one of the toughest opponents in the league um, and obviously the subsequent relegation of Bristol City women, you know, there there were many changes afoot this summer for the villains. You know, shortly after the season, both uh, Marcus Bigner and Gemma Davies would leave the club uh, in a move that would pretty much shock the entire fan base even even fans that haven't really followed Aston Villa women were quite shocked at the news um we've already covered this in our end of season podcast from last campaign but now we've had months to think about it do you think it was the right move
1: yeah so in hindsight I think we can say it was a good move um but it was difficult for all of us at the time I think because of the emotional attachment to Gemma um as as fans there's always something really special about the the team that wins you promotion. Um, so, yeah, it was difficult at the time and there were huge losses for the clubs um, around that time with significant player departures as well. So there was a few worries about what was to come. Um, but Carla Ward, she must have been part of the plans and it's it's clear to see the impact she's made already um, with quality players following her from Birmingham and she's attracted some other big names too that we'll talk about and then that opening game on Saturday I think would have ended differently if it was the Villa from last season so yeah I think we can say it was the right move now with um, Carla Ward
0: Yeah I mean I think like you said um, it, it was very much that Gemma had got us up and and you know we were we were happy with the the survival, but I think it was as we've already mentioned, it, it was a bit of um, you know a two way street. It was kind of a partially Gemma's decision and the way that she'd reacted to things that perhaps you know Christian Perslow and the rest of the uh, the women's kind of directorship had had done um, by bringing in like you know Marcus Bignot and stuff like that. Um, but I think you know with the impending departure of Eni Aluko as the kind of sporting director, um, I think you know the the brass at the club saw this as a, a chance to evolve, but at the same time, you know you you mentioned that the team that got us up and it's 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 poor to to make uh, comparisons to the men's side, but it's exactly the same there. There you know that there are no really squad members that that got us up. You know, a lot of them have now left. I think I can name one off the top of my head and that's Jed Steer. Um so it's it's very much the same with with you know, you, you expect a high turnover with women's football, but you know, with within the I guess season and a half that we've been in the WSL now, um there are um, significantly less players that were involved in the championship and I guess it's 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 for the best really
1: yeah yeah I think you're probably right and I think for where the club is at compared to where Gemma is at at the moment as much as I think she's got so much potential it looks like we want to see instant results and also sort of it seems like Carla Ward's got that pull as well which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit more detail when we get on to the players. Um, but, you know, it's been a huge turnover of players this year Um, and she has brought people in and clearly she's seeing the same vision the club do and it's just a better fit for right now, I guess, to to maybe get that mid-table finish that um, we'd all be looking for instead of that uh, last-day drama that we're all sick of, both fans of the women's and men's team, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, uh, Carla Ward has come from Blues, who who suffered a difficult season last year. You know they had a number of player departures, injuries, off the field conflicts uh, that were all affecting their games. But despite the odds being stacked against her, she achieved league survival and ended up being nominated for the WSL Manager of the Season award. You know, in previous roles, she's led Sheffield United to their highest Women's Championship finish. Um. The fact that she was also a target for West Ham United this summer uh, says a lot. They were another team that were kind of involved in that relegation scrap towards the end of the season. Um, And it's, you know, it's a sign that we... uh, The the fact that we've managed to bring her in um, from rivals, from under the nose of potential relegation rivals, you know, you'd hope we'd finish above that this season. Um, But, you know... It's she's, she's obviously got a bright future in the game. And I think personally, the, the powers that be have made the right decision in bringing her in. Um, she's got a lot of growing to do, much like Gemma, Gemma did. But at the same time, I think she's a more complete coach at the same time.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And um, just to touch on what you said about the Blues, um, even though it is Birmingham City, I think we can all agree. It's a very sad situation that's going on down the road, and it's it's poor to see that in the women's game. Um, so for those that don't know, there's been a bit of upset um, at Blues to do with unacceptable wages, uh, medical support and facilities. So we've clearly taken the opportunity to give Carla Ward the home that she deserves. And we're very fortunate to have a board that supports all areas of the club. So that includes academies and the women's first team. Um, I don't know if you saw Christian Perslow attended the pre-season friendly against Chelsea away, which is very uncommon, even for the competitive games. Um, So I think that's the kind of environment that we're looking to build here. And it clearly is one that attracts the top talent like Ward. Um, You know, we've offered her something off the field that maybe other teams couldn't, other clubs couldn't.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's, like you said with Perslow, it says a lot about the kind of, um, I'm trying to think of the word here, um, the kind of ethos we're trying to build at the club. You know, it, it's, the veins of it are running through every level um, from, you know, uh senior men's to youth men's to uh senior women's women's youth you know the disability teams there's there's an ethos and a, a a real feel about the club at the moment and it is very positive no matter what you know happens whether you know any of the sides were to be relegated or any of the sides to were to win something there's a real kind of structure in in regards to how things are being done and you know looking at the men's side again bringing in like the likes of Mila Yednak into the loan development role um with the men's side was was perfect because he understands the changed kind of um way that the club is is, is acting and going and that's the kind of player, ex-player, I guess, that you need involved with the club. Um, They understand what it was like before uh, Wes Edens and Nasef Sawiris came in. Um, And, you know, I guess it's similar, in a way, to uh, Kerry Welsh. I know she works with the uh, Regional Talent Centre for the women's side, uh, and, you know, she's a player that was involved... With Aston Villa women for for many many years, but the fact that we've got the kind of absolute top level, um, you know, many people forget that Christian Perslow actually owns a stake of Villa. He he invested some money alongside Nasef Sawiris and Wazidans. Um, so the, the fact that it, we've got a part owner and you know CEO of the club turning up to a preseason friendly away from home just says so much about the way Aston Villa is being run at the moment.
1: Yeah, we've really got that like one club feeling across all the different levels, all the different teams and, you know, up and down in terms of the hierarchy of the club. Um, So yeah, it feels like we're really building a home for a lot of players. And hopefully, you know, players do stick around as well, like you mentioned
0: yeah, absolutely, but that's the perfect segue into uh, players departing, uh, and there was many of them that departed this summer, with Ella Franklin-Freicher, Emma Follis, Amy West, Caroline Seams, Diana Silva, Mana Iwabuchi and Nadine Hansen all announced to be leaving the club, and they were later followed by Steena Larson, Esmita uh, Hale and Lisa Weiss you know, Franklin Frecho, Follis, they, and, and Hanson as well, um, were all part of the the promotion squad from the championship. Um, you know, Ka- Caro Seems, Diana Silva were brought in from the the like as we were promoted uh, for the first WSL season. Um so I was quite shocked to see them go. But, you know, it's it is a ruthless kind of game in the women's game at the moment that you don't really get long contracts um and I I guess part 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 of that is because of the the injuries um you know you get you get a lot of ACL uh, MCL injuries in the women's game um there's various research into into why that happens I'm not going to discuss it now but um you know, perhaps that's a reason why obviously the, the, the lack of money and investment, which is obviously improving, um, is another reason. Um, but it's a much more ruthless game. If if a player doesn't seem up to scratch to the level that you're expecting them to play, and then they're gonna leave, evidently, as we've seen with the likes of Diana Silva. But for me, the, the, the two most shocking departures in the list were uh Marner Iwabuchi and Azmita Ale. You know, Ale was an academy graduate and one of the first players to turn professional under the ownership of Suiris and Eden's. Um, I believe she rejected a new contract and opted to join Tottenham Hotspur women, uh, while Marnet Iwabuchi also left on a free to join women's Super League joints Arsenal. How do these departures feel as a fan? And, and you know, if, if you have any standouts uh, other than these, you know, please feel free to share them.
1: Yeah, so those are two big ones, obviously. Um, And I don't know if we can be shocked by Iwabuchi's departure. I definitely saw it coming, but I think it's a real shame that we couldn't hold on to her and maybe build something around her a little bit. Um, Arsenal are looking very scary this season with the additions of her and Tobin Heath to play along, Miedema on the attack. Um, So, yeah, I am looking forward to seeing them at Villa Park in a couple of weeks. It is at Villa Park, by the way. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be a difficult one, a bit harder than our um, game on the last day. But, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, And in terms of other players, I'm especially sad to see Emma Follis go. Um, She joined us as a child, I believe, and spent about 14, 15 years with us in total over a couple of different periods. Um, And I always see her tweeting about the Villa. So, yeah, that's one that hurts my heart a little bit. Um, But I believe she's now playing for Charlton Athletic back in the championship as their new number seven. So all the best to her and them. I'm sure she'll do a great job. But yeah, we've we've definitely filled those gaps at least. So there's a lot of new players to get excited about, which I'm sure you're about to um, inform us all of.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I am. But uh, firstly, yeah, I want to agree with you about Emma Follis. I was quite shocked, and I think a lot of the fan base were as well. She was, she was very much for a while, especially in the championship, almost the face of the women's side. She was. I'm not going to name him, but she was the he who will not be named of the women's side, um, almost. And you know, it, she she was she was a good friend of under a gaslit lamp. You know, she gave us many an interview. Um, she was one of the cover stars of our second magazine volume. Um, she she asked for us to you know deliver one of the the magazines to Bodymore Heath, and you know she she was a great kind of. Um, patron for the club. She was a great player especially in the championship, but I did at times think like um the, the WSL uh, was too much of a step up for her even though she had played in it recently for, you know, the Blues and other clubs, but I think the drop down and then the 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 rise back up just proved to be too much for her, and she paid very much a bit part role last season. Um, and I guess it's the same with Amy West as well, who came through the the RTC. Um, you know, it's sad to see them go, but you know, after a period of silence, uh, after all these departures, uh, soon enough some new recruits came and and quickly. One of the first names through the door was social media behemoth Alicia Lehman, who uh, you've produced an article on for for the for the blog. What can you tell us about her?
1: Yeah, so I'm very excited about Alicia Lehman. Um, I think she'll be underestimated by some fans just because of like her Instagram following. It's, it seems to be overshadowing her football a little bit, which is a bit of a shame, um, which is why I wrote that article, actually, so we could all get to know her a bit better as a player, as well as sort of the, the influencer, if you will. Um, but I think the main things you need to know about her are her versatility. She can play across the front line. Um, she loves to move into space and drag defenders out of position. She also has, um, Super League experience with West Ham and Everton, as well as making an impact for her international side, which is Switzerland. Um, she scored a penalty for them recently in a shootout. So, um, yeah, she's, she's not shy to pressure, um, and can take a penalty, which is also good. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention is that she's only 22, so she's likely to improve. Um, it's it's frustrating that that friendly we mentioned against Chelsea wasn't accessible online at all. Um, but I did follow the updates on the Villa Twitter page, um, the Villa Women Twitter page. They did a good job. Um, and there seemed to be a lot of link at play between Lehman and Freya Gregory, Um one of our favourite academy graduates that we saw some of last season. So, yeah, that's something that we might be able to look forward to a bit more. Of see how she fits in with everybody else.
0: Yeah, and you know, obviously, we'll get onto the Leicester game after. But she she was very impressive on a her, on a her, um, competitive debut. I thought, and and
1: yeah, I tried not to mention that, but yeah, yeah, she was very very good. She was, and
0: <laughs> another player. Um, who was very impressive and, you know, it was the player that she was followed through the door, um, by, and that's, uh, Chantelle boy Halorka from Everton. I thought she was, she was great against Leicester. Um, other players that arrived were Remy Allen from the aforementioned Leicester City, uh, former villain Sarah Mailing from Birmingham City, who, uh, returns for a second stint at the club. Um, as well as Ruisha, Little John and Hannah Hampton from the, the club's second city rivals too. Um, other players that arrived in in the same kind of week or two uh, included Megan Sargent from relegated Bristol City Women, Maz Pacheco from West Ham and Gemma Davison from Chelsea. You know, there's an eclectic mix of both experience and youth in the players that have come through the door. Um if, if you had to select two stands out, standouts in terms of you know one being an experienced head and one a player that's able to develop, who would you pick?
1: Oh, OK. So for my um, player that we, we can maybe develop, I'm going to go with Hannah Hampton. Um, I think she's a, a really big sign-in. She went straight in against Leicester as our new first-choice keeper um, after Lisa Vice left us um and and she's one that we've taken from um blues along with our manager um so she she's played for england from under 15 level all the way up to um the senior team and she was she was very unfortunate to miss out on um Reese's olympic squad but she is only 20 years old and she's desperate to get back into that team so i think she's going to work really really hard for us um and i looked it up and she actually made 64 appearances for for blues and was awarded the young player of the season in 2019 which is incredible for a 20 year old goalkeeper um you know that she'll be hitting her prime in maybe 10 years so (laughs) um yeah that's really really exciting um in terms of uh you know Experienced players. She's she's brought in quite a few, which is, which is really exciting. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of Remy Allen, especially because um, she took the the captain's armband on Saturday. Um, so it's going to be really exciting to see what kind of a role she takes on, um, and you know that the influence she has over the other players, um, and, and we'll talk about her goal in a bit as well. Um, but yeah, th- there's too many to talk about really. So <laughs> yeah, um, I also want to mention Sarah Myling actually, just because it, it sounds like Carla Ward says she can play almost anywhere in the eleven, um, which I think will be really really useful for us. She'll be like. I know you like a comparison. She'll, she'll maybe be at Ashley Young for this season, um, you know, just slotting in wherever we need her. Um, so, yeah, and she can replace Emma Follis' free kicks as well.
0: Yeah, we'll, uh, as we'll, we'll talk about it later in the pod. Um, but, you know, I think I agree with you, especially with the, the Hannah Hampton signing. She's definitely the kind of standout in terms of a player that's able to develop. Um, I believe I read the other day that she. She was called up to the England under-15 squad at the age of 12, which is, you know, certainly say something about her, her kind of skill set. Yeah, because
1: she must have been tiny as well, um, you know, for a goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on deadline this day this, day, this year, uh, Aston Villa would also make somewhat of a statement signing too. Uh, you know, fresh from the Tokyo Olympics... Emily Emily Gilnick is the heavily teased experienced striker that Carla Ward had been promising throughout the window. You know, with an excellent goal scoring record at both club level and for Australia, Gilnick looks to be the, the final piece in in this no, newly formed squad. Um, and I think you know she could be an all important player for Carla Ward this season, especially with the side's poor goal scoring form at home last year. Uh, what 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 do you think Gilnick can bring to the squad?
1: Yeah, it was, it was a tricky goal scoring season um, last year. I think following the departure of Melissa Johnson, we really just struggled to discover that out and out goal scorer that we needed. So the few goals that we did score came from all over the field really. And the one that always stands out in my mind is um, Asante's goal against Brighton, which actually opened our scoring account, which I think tells you something about our attack last season. So uh, yeah, we both agreed at the end of last year we need a dependable and proven striker, which is exactly what we've got. Um, and I love the whole build up to that announcement. I think it was really fun, especially when they dropped that photo of the airport. You knew it was going to be an international player. Um, so, yeah, it brings a lot of to the team but also I think the club in general um, the players will be really excited about her being there especially her experience with the Matildas as well um, you know it was only a few weeks ago we were watching them play the USA on tv um, so yeah it, it will make them excited about what's going on at the club um, and also I think she, she can teach them a lot um, you know there are a few goals that were knocking around on twitter you know some of her highlights that are just incredible. Um, yeah, one goal I re-watched a few times. I have no idea how she squeezed it in. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping to see one of those in person this year.
0: <laughs> I believe that if she scores, uh, I think, four or three WSL goals this season, she'll be the uh, the club's record uh, record goal scorer in the league. Um, which is interesting. So hopefully she can surpass that mark.
1: Yeah, yeah, you would think so. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Now, let's move on to the first game of the season. Uh, Obviously, as we've previously mentioned in the pod already, Aston Villa women kicked off their campaign at home to the newly promoted Leicester City women, who were fresh from a 12-game winning streak that led to their promotion. Uh, The home side had the first chance as uh, Boy Lorca fed Jodie Hutton down the left, but Hutton's low cross was covered well by the Leicester defenders. Leicester, in turn, obviously, as teams generally do, counted at pace and and would win a corner that was easily cleared by Villa. Um, Hannah Hampton was forced into her first competitive save of the season, only eight minutes in, um, as Flint, who, who... would proved to be a bit of a thorn in Villa's side throughout the uh, afternoon, found herself with time and space on the edge of the box, and you know her attempt was struck well, but Hampton was able to tip it over the bar uh, before calmly collecting the resulting corner. After 15 minutes, Hampton was forced into another save, with Sigsworth, uh, who was looking lively and had already won a free kick for Leicester, forcing a save with a fierce shot from the edge of the box. Um, And, you know, a minute after that, Leicester's Tierney missed a headed opportunity from five yards out. Did it shock you all to see Leicester start this game with so much ferocity and almost see Villa be a little bit lax at the start, maybe?
1: Um, Maybe, but I think it's easy to underestimate a promoted team. And we've seen how much of a shock they can, can, you know, create, um, you know, in the opening week of the Premier League just a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, teams will always want to co- come up fighting, and I think, especially in the WSL, because there's only that one newbie. All eyes are on them. So, um, yeah, they would have been looking to to come at us with a bang, um, and confidence is probably really high as well. Because you, of course, have to be the champions, um, you know, in the championship to get into the league. And I think they had about a, a ten game um, streak just before they came up. So. Yeah, they wanted, they wanted to build on that clearly. Um, and we were slightly vulnerable just with how many changes and everything that was going on. So, yeah, they probably wanted to pounce on us as, you know, a, a team that's not long been up ourselves and um, maybe look at this as, as a game to take points from. Um, so it, it does make sense. But, yeah, it was a little bit worrying, wasn't it, at the start of the game?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't expect us to start, you know, exceptionally well we, we still need to gel and we've still got players to come into the into the starting 11 and into the match day squad um, just after the hour mark the fans and Aston Villa women thought that they'd had the lead uh, a ball was played into the back post to meet the Russian Alicia Lehman who um, you know buried with a plum. but the, the flag was raised and her goal unfortunately wouldn't count um, in the 32nd minute literally you know mere minutes after after Lehman's ruled uh, out goal Hampton was forced into a wonder save in the Aston Villa goal with Flint attempting a half volley from over 30 yards out only for the Villa keeper to pull off a sensational one-handed diving stop to tip the effort over the bar um, and there's, there's, there's no reason why any other player should have um, been given the player of the match other than hannah hampton she was outstanding today and you know that save was was absolutely a standout moment
1: yeah i don't know if you saw but she made it into the um, wsl team of the week as well which is very well deserved um yeah so i saw that i think it was on the, the official account
0: yeah yeah i did see that um definitely definitely deserved it um and like i said that that save to deny flint was truly outstanding um Unfortunately, Leicester would take the lead in the 39th minute. Uh, it was no surprise that it was Flynn who would score. She'd tested the Villa goal a number of times on this afternoon, and uh, you know the Leicester star twisted and turned at the edge of the box before letting fly with an effort. Hampton did get her hands to it, but the ball would bounce off her palms and spin into the net. And, you know... We've we've already mentioned her a number of times. She'd made a number of strong saves already in this game and, and conceding was unfortunate. She she would have been gutted that she couldn't have made a stronger attempt for the ball with this save. Um did did this kind of I guess freak goal make you worry about the game's outcome at all?
1: I was a little bit worried, but I did have a feeling that it would be a game that we needed to grow into just because of all the changes that we've mentioned um, that we've been through recently. Um, I was more interested to see the response. You know, we had half time to go. Um, And, yeah, just about Hannah Hampton. She looked so upset with herself. Um, It was a real shame to let that one in, especially after all the other brilliant saves she's made. Um, But you you can almost forgive it seeing as um, she had kept us in the game up until that point and continued to do so all the way until the end despite a bit of a battering um physically (laughs) um but yeah she she's seems really really passionate and we saw that
0: yeah we did and you know you said um you know you said you 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 kind of touched on that that Changes needed to happen, and and the game needed to kind of turn a little bit in the second half um, because of the battering that we'd we'd been receiving in this first half. Um, you know, we we weren't without our own chances, but at the same time, um, things something did need to change. And the second half started with a Villa Villa substitution: uh, Shania Hales replacing Jody Hutton, who had picked up a yellow card in the first half. Um, and, and very early on, it looked like Aston Villa were, were going to try and get something from this game. Uh, Boy Helorca almost brought the home side level at the start of the half, but her lob from an odd angle ended up just floating over the bar. Um you know, 51st minute, Villa were forced into another change, uh, you know, not one that we were expecting or, or wanting to do. Uh, Megan Sargent went down and received some lengthy treatment on the pitch and was replaced by Alicia Undo, who is a player that has survived the uh, the championship culling Um In the 55th minute, Leicester City women sparked a a brilliant counter-attack which uh, resulted in Sigsworth beating Asante to the ball and with only Hampton to beat. Hampton got down low and fast and blocked the shot with her foot to deny a sure goal and I think if that goal had gone in, it would have been been over for Villa then. I think 2-0 down, it would have been too hard for the side to come back from
1: yeah yeah, you're probably right. and um it's it's interesting to note she's she's made all kinds of saves as well in that game, um, you know, ones with her feet, ones to the side, ones where she had to tip it over the bar. You know, she's all over the place.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she was. Uh, Just after the hour mark, Chloe Arthur drew a foul to hand Aston Villa women a free kick in a central position from around 25 yards out. Um, We've already touched on this, but Sarah Mailing stepped up and fired a wonderful effort over the wall and through the outstretched keeper's arms, drawing Villa level. And, you know... You've already mentioned I love my comparisons, and I've I've made comparisons in the past between Chloe Arthur um, and fellow villain and countryman John McGinn. You know they both have an all-action kind of combative style to their play. I'm sure I've seen her do a couple of roulette uh, turns to get past a player, but you know the the free kick she won turned out to be all important as as Sarah Mayling obviously stepped up to bury a sublime free kick. Do you think this uh, early contender for for Villa's goal of the season, perhaps?
1: Well, it it was a perfect free kick, really, um, and she has set the bar very, very high, both for herself and the team in terms of quality of goals. Um, I think Gielnik would have something to say about that, though. Um, after her goal of the tournament in the Olympics, um, she seems to be a bit of a a showstopper. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, it just continues to go up from here. Um, But yeah, I, I don't mind that comparison, by the way. Um, between Chloe Arthur and John McGinn, she actually was she was named today for the Scotland squad for the upcoming qualifiers. So yes, another international amongst our team,
0: and that's important, isn't it? You know, having internationals uh, within the squad, and I, I I'd probably say it's it's harder to um, you know get recognition for for the international squad, uh, the the top level of the women's game in in the UK. Um, you know. If, for example, you are John McGinn or, you know, a, a young Scottish footballer in the men's game and you're playing regularly in the Premier League, you're going to have all eyes on you. Um, you're going to have, you know, the attention the attention in a game from that that country's coach. And I think it's much easier to kind of find yourself falling into um, the international senior squad. I think with women's football, I think it's a little bit harder. Um You know, players are so dispersed around the world. You know, a lot of players playing in in America, um, obviously in the WSL. But I think um, with the lack of funding um, does make it a little bit harder to get a bit of attention internationally.
1: Yeah, I think you might be right. The fact that the American league is is so strong is just a real like curveball, isn't it? Because we're not used to that. If you're a fan of the men's game, you're not used to that really. Um, but yeah, um, I think there is a bit of problem as well with like the women's international teams um, with with the youth getting involved. Um, that seems to have been a real problem um, for the USA and the Olympics that's just gone. Um, and I'm just hoping that it won't be a problem for us because um, we, we've got a, gr- a lot of great young players um, and hopefully we can see a bit of a fusion the same way we are with our club.
0: Fingers crossed. Um, Within a minute of Aston Villa women scoring from that free kick, they had struck again. Uh, The ball came from the left into an inviting position where the day's captain, Remy Allen, was waiting to poke the ball into the net against her former club. To me, this looks a bit like Leicester were a bit dumbfounded by the free kick goal and that the They'd lost a bit of concentration. You know, they usually say you're most vulnerable to a goal after you've just scored, but for Leicester, it was after they'd just conceded. Um, but, you know, for Villa, two debutants with a goal, how important is that going into a new season?
1: Yeah, um, really important. Um, so, like you mentioned, the, f- the first goal, it came out of nowhere, really. It was a dangerous place to give away a free kick, but it was still very ambitious, and I think it did stun them a little bit. They um, barely had time to recover, and it wasn't a good second goal to give away from their perspective. They had two players in the box one that could have stopped the cross going in, and one that was just caught the wrong side of Remy Allen. Um, so, yeah, they, they hadn't quite gotten back into the game. Um, and before we all knew it, things had just completely changed. So, yeah, two new players getting on the score sheet is always a positive thing. Um, the odds were slightly in their favour as it was only the four old faces that made the cut but yeah two completely different types of goals as well Um, and two that will both be really important going forward. Um, That second goal is is almost more satisfying to watch I think as a fan somehow just because of You know, the teamwork that went into it, Alicia Lehman was massive in that goal. Um, Her high press, she managed to win the ball back and she, you know, drove up the wing and got it across. Um, And yeah, we we had players ready and waiting for her. Um, Nobody seems shy in this team um, to to go forward and actually take a shot, which is nice. Um, You know, there's a bit of confidence um, around the whole squad at the moment. So, um yeah two great goals two great players very very different um but yeah it's it's nice to see that our skill set is a little bit wider already
0: yeah that is that is very important and you know the these goals gave Villa confidence you know the next 20 or so minutes were all Villa the home side were attacking drawing fouls and and you know trying to keep their lead um up until you know around the time where added time was added on, um, and then it kind of changed. Obviously, with it, with the team chasing chasing points or a point, um, Leicester were, were trying to barrage the um, the Villa defence and, and trying to find a way to, to get an equaliser. Um, I think there was about seven or eight minutes of added time. I think it was originally five, but Hannah Hampton required treatment after bravely coming for the ball to deny a free kick uh, opportunity for Leicester. Um, she would need treatment again later in injury time as she uh, bravely denied Sigsworth the chance of an equaliser, which like, dribbled just past the far post. Um, but, you know, three points to the start of the season and that's that's great Um It's a great start to the season and and it's important against the newly promoted side. You know, we've got some tough games coming up against some of the big teams and, and to have points on the table already is, you know, really, really important. But, you know, Carla Ward promised at the start of the season, that fans would see exciting and attacking football, um, which obviously will only be aided by the return of fans. Do you think we saw this against Leicester or do you think there's still work to be done in terms of sorting out personnel and tactics? And will we see a more kind of fluid um, attacking play from Villa women going forward?
1: I think there's more to come for sure. We had moments of it, but I think that first half did let us down. Um, and I would love to hear what that half-time talk was all about because I think that second-half performance was more like what Carla Ward would have been looking for. Um, and she'll likely still be working out what her best eleven is or how to utilise the squad for different opponents. So there are things still to fall into place, as well as a couple of other players that haven't even, you know, we haven't even seen yet in the squad. Um, so, you know, there, there's loads more to come. Um, and, yeah, three points is just perfect really I always think you know with, with only 12 teams being in the WSL every single point is massive you know there's there's not that many teams to take points from um, but yeah it, it's a huge start for us um, and, and really important I think it was it was one that we should have been taking points from um, and to get all three and the emotional roller coaster of a comeback um, yeah it, it was a really good first day.
0: It was a good first day indeed. And as you said, there is more to come from this side. And I think that is probably the best place to end this podcast. We'll be back probably in a couple of weeks after a couple of games have been played. Um, But if you have enjoyed it, please give us a review on whatever platform that you are listening on. you leave comments on social media. We always love to hear from you guys. Talking to social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Villa Lamp, on Facebook forward slash Under a Gaslit Lamp, and on Instagram at Under a Gaslit Lamp. Uh, and always, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. And up the Villa Women.